wait a minute. I felt like they were throwing a lot at the wall. But, um, is that supposed to be good? How can they get away with not crediting Holland Oates? She was singing off key on the record. <laughs> I hate it, but I see it. I wear my girls tonight. Hey y'all, my name is Ada Grace, and you're listening to my podcast, Black Girl Talks Pop, where I talk about pop culture and all the hits and misses in between. I am so, so excited for this collaboration. In this episode, I'm hanging out with Mars from the K-pop podcast, 106 in Seoul, and the Shiny cast, as well as the podcast, Elite My Nudes, a queer podcast. 106 in Seoul is one of the first K-pop podcasts I started listening to, and I was so excited to tune into their live show during the first KPSN Podcast Fest. There, I learned that Mars also loves Vanessa Hudgens, a Disney icon, so afterwards I reached out. Fortunately, Mars graciously agrees to stop by and discuss Vanessa's career and artistry with me. This episode is the first in a series that I hope to do with Mars where we discuss Disney queens, so let me know what you think. I can't wait for you to hear our discussion and witness Mars' incredible ear for music and production. Let's talk about it! I want to give a quick disclaimer before we jump into the episode. There may be cursing, so feel free to use headphones or earbuds. I look forward to having even more guests on the podcast, and I want everyone to be able to show up authentically. I always think it's an honor to hear someone share about the things they love with enthusiasm, so I'm very excited for you to hear someone else's pop culture experience. You may not agree with all our opinions, but please engage with us respectfully. On to the episode! Take a trip down memory lane to a time where magic and friendship always save the day. Talking about our sweet, sweet baby B. Are you a stan, fan, or interested party? And has that changed with time? It's never changed. I've always been a Vanessa stan, okay? <laughs> Um, did I watch High School Musical when it came out? No, but I did notice her immediately. Like, I was like, who is that? She's a, I mean, I think, I think the first time I saw her was in 13, um, when I was a kid. And I was like, okay, but I didn't really, you know, I didn't pay attention to her. But when, um, Disney started rolling the, um, WMV started commercials, I was like, wait, what is this? Who could come back to me? Like, Okay, this is this is cute, you know the the jazz vocalist of our generation. <laughs> you know, she's she's out here, you know. So so it actually started with her music videos, and because when we this is a re-record, when we first recorded, you mentioned seeing her in Spring Breakers. Oh, I did go to the theater to see her in Spring Breakers. Um, it was it was me and two other couples. It was me and my bestie and two other couples. One couple got up and left as soon as they saw breasts on the screen. 
because they didn't know what kind of movie it was. They, I guess they thought it was like a like a regular like spring break movie, and it was definitely not that. Um, so yeah. Wow. How I always thought it was marketed as like a really crazy kind of out there movie, especially with for someone like Selena Gomez to be in it. Yeah, I guess they were thinking it was gonna be like, like just like you know, like American Pie or something. I guess. But that movie is nothing of the sort. Yeah. Um, it is very, very a lot of drugs, a lot of sex, a lot of a lot, a lot of stuff happening, a lot, a lot some murder. Um, so watch Spring Breakers. Um, Harmony Kareen is a questionable person sometimes, but um, watch that movie. I like how you mentioned him and not James Franco being in it. <laughs> oh, I I keep forgetting he's in the movie. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I honestly just watched Vanessa Hudgens in that movie. I like I the song character I pay attention to. So you went to like, the theaters for her. Yeah. Wow. I found her as like through Disney, through High School Musical, but like you didn't interact with that side of her at all. So did you always think of her as like kind of this like kind of arts like independent film kind of girl? Like walk us through her career, like if you were describing her to a stranger. Well, okay, so encountering her first with 13 and then with her music, I just thought, like, you know, she was, I, I knew she was in High School Musical, mm-hmm. but, like, I didn't care to watch, because, like, maybe, you know that, um, uh, it's like a meme, oh, like, um, I'm not happy for you because it didn't happen to me. <laughs> so, like, I was, like, good for, um, Vanessa Hutchins and the cast of High School Musical, um, and then, um, I just stuck with her musically. Like, that was literally it. I didn't know anything outside of that. And then she popped up. She just kept popping up at all these festivals. And, uh, and of course, all the other stuff that happened while she was at Disney that was controversial. Yeah. Um, Spring Breakers was, like, my reintroduction to Vanessa Hutchins. And what a reintroduction it was. Yes. I was like, wait a minute, she's cool? Um, so, yeah. Shout out to Spring Breakers, Vanessa Hudgens, because that's my favorite Vanessa Hudgens. That era was a pretty difficult time for me because she did. She did join, like, a twerking group, which was... Yes. Not what I needed from her <laughs> ever, but definitely not at the time. I lived, because I also, I lived when um, Molly Cyrus did Bangers. Oh, gosh. Yes, it was blackface, and yes, it was a cultural appropriation, but the music, I enjoyed it. Like... That was a good look for her. Especially with, like, the, what is that song? With my J's on. Oh, my God. Hot, awesome, perfect, with my J's on. <laughs> like, I was like, girl, okay. But when she went, when she went, um, the dead pets, I was like, girl, you lost me. But let's go back to Spring Breakers, Vanessa. Is she, has she done a good job of distancing herself from Disney? And Because someone like Miley will always kind of be a little bit more tied to yeah. Disney than I feel like Vanessa has. I think so. I mean, unless, unless, I mean, personally for me, she she was never like a Disney girl because right. I didn't see her that way. So I guess people who have more of a sentimental, like, um, a sentimental, uh, like, 
fondness of High School Musical, I guess, would see her as part of the Disney brand. For me, she was just a solo artist who happened to have music music videos being played on Disney. Um, musical Musicals that were newer never appealed to me, so like, um, yeah. I mean, I did love her in, in Greece. She was good in um, the Greece live. She was so good. Like, Vanessa Hodges is great at what she does. It's just, I've never seen her as a Disney girl, despite her being on Disney. And also, I'm not gonna lie, I, th- I thought, of, like, even though what happened to her while she was on Disney with the leak of the news was um, terrible. I think it was badass that she still was making the High School Musical movies despite it. Disney could have definitely done a better job of defending her and her privacy was violated. Yeah, and um, that whole thing involves some people who shall not be named um, on this podcast who also have sorted paths from Nickelodeon. Um, but you know, I'm not gonna mention him, but you know, live life, breathe air. I know some we're gonna get there, you know, it'll be so wonderful. Um I know Kevin Jonas was trying to say something on Twitter a few years ago about his time on Disney and I think it was Cole Sprouse that kinda shut him down or one of the Sprouse twins. Cause I guess yeah. their Disney experience was different. I always felt like Sprouse I hate when twins people do that. Is, yeah. I feel like the Sprouse twins are definitely more protected. It does seem like it was always like a job for them. Whereas yeah. the Jonas brothers, I saw their Amazon movie. It did seem like they took advantage of the fact that they needed it. Oh, most definitely. Um, Disney took advantage of all them kids. Yeah. Like, um, there's no way to be in the entertainment industry um, working with kids and. I mean, there's nobody to be in the entertainment industry in general and not being taken advantage of. Like, at some point in your career. And with kids, it happens so often because they're so... They're children. So, like, people... Which is it's gross. People feel like they can do whatever they want to kids because um, the, the laws of, like... The laws of working with children are way different from the laws of working with adults. Yeah. And um, most times these kids like some some of these jobs are really huge and it's like their first job nice. and some of them are so, sometimes the main breadwinner for their family I did eventually see High School Musical 1 the first one but I do know some of the music from the second one what did you think? um cute <laughs> <laughs> you know it's not for me particularly. Um, but I also watched Camp Rock 1 and 2, so yeah, there's that. So you watch both Camp Rocks, but High School Musical's just cute. Speaking of that, I was High School Musical fan. I remember watching the sing-along and they just like said like, oh, like, oh, we'll just do fun facts as like bubbles throughout the movie. And that's how I found out that Zac Efron was not singing. In the first shout movie. shout out to Drew Seeley, a, leg- a MySpace legend. He is so talented and you can just tell the difference in quality. Like he is a true vocalist and was yeah. truly soaring, flying. There was not a note <laughs> in heaven Fly, that he could not read. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have Zach who's like singing straight what's on the page. 
I'm trying to imagine how they um pulled off the um High School Musical live tour. I was trying to find a a, a, a live performance of Say Okay from that period, and I can't find a live one from that tour. And Say Okay, that uh, we'll get to that later. But oh god, mm, my MySpace was going up with that song for a while. It's still my favorite Disney debut. That's that that music video made me want to go to the beach at like five o'clock in the morning. Right? I mean, sometimes still do, but like now that I'm an adult, I realize <laughs> that it's a horrible idea. Yes. So like, you all can do that as a as a young person, maybe up to like twenty four. Um, not my age currently. No. So what do you think of Vanessa's career overall? Like, do you think she's doing something new? Do you think there's like artistic vision there or is she kind of more of like a trend follower? I've never known her not to be working. So like, um, I don't really know what what's happening with her. I've, you know, I've had many um, moments in my fandom to be like very, but girl, why you say that? Like, you know, people are gonna die you know it's kind of like inevitable but you know i'm probably gonna get in trouble for saying that um she's definitely a star that i feel like i like that she has her own instagram and i do feel like maybe someone should say let's not talk from our instagram let's just post the pictures and just like she's a good she's a good celebrity to insta stalk because i think she shows the life that we imagine celebrities to have she was like the queen of like Coachella for a while right so like I, I miss those days I mean she does too but like <laughs> um, I miss those days so the answer to this might be obvious but why do you think her music career didn't take off the way Hillary's did even though for some reason her worst single in my opinion has a chokehold on millennials no what we're not gonna do is we put our sneakers on, okay? <laughs> put your sneakers... No, it's put your sneakers on. Um, first and foremost, that is one of the greatest songs of all time. Um, we'll save that for okay. later. I'll save my trauma for later. Answer the question, please. I, you know, um, maybe Hollywood Records, I think with the second album and maybe sales-wise... I mean, they did more for her than they did for Ashley Tisdale when it came to the second album. Because Ashley Tisdale's second album was kind of slapped together. Mm. Um, so I don't understand why. Because I feel, I feel like they were going for a way more um, chart-sounding sound with Vanessa Hudgens. Yes. And I will never understand why they didn't capitalize on that. I, I feel like maybe there was some sabotage. I definitely agree. And I think if she had come out now with music, she would be like the perfect person, you know, kind of like racially ambiguous looking. Yeah. Can do plenty of different musical styles. I'm going out my girls tonight. But I feel like her, her and Zac Efron's career is kind of parallel. Laura Condor and Noah Centineo. You know, I feel like the industry kind of tends to choose the boring white guy. But, you know, somehow Vanessa Hudgens' career has been able to stand the test of time. We'll talk about the first X first. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what, what were your thoughts on him? Because you didn't you didn't see him as like a Disney guy, so he he existed. You never went through no. like the Zac Efron craze. I never got it. I never understood it. Like I don't know. He he was not giving um old dude from like Save by the Bell, so I was not getting it. <laughs> Your thoughts on that? Um, uh, I am currently of a certain age. Everyone else called me old because they make me feel old. But um, at thirty or thirty-one, whatever age she is, why would she want to date a twenty-year-old? That doesn't make any sense. Right? Like, I don't care. Like, yeah, of age, whatever, cute, whatever. But like, why would you want to sleep with or even talk to someone of that age? Because, like, it, there's a power imbalance there, first and foremost. I'm not trying to call the person he's dating stupid or anything. I'm just saying, like, you have way more lived experience. And, like, you went from dating a grown-ass woman to dating someone who was a child but a few years ago. There's, there's, it's giving Elvis. Maybe, maybe he was, you know, method acting. <laughs> I am so tired of method actors, the whole thing. Just show up and do your job. But please, I I totally agree with you. I feel like the Austin situation is weird. And first of all, it just seems strange that he just seems to be like kind of moving forward and like getting to this level of celebrity that Vanessa was never able to get. It just seems like Zach all over again. You know, like Hollywood favors white men over any any like person of color. Yeah. Any especially a woman like. Right. They're like Vanessa had no chance. Yeah. And for years, like he was just you know the cute guy by her side, and then it's, I heard that like she was the one that like said that he should go for Elvis, and now he's able to like got all these accolades, like get all this recognition. It's, now he's dating someone's child. Oh. And it just like speaks to like him as a person. I don't know him, but I just think like you're dating someone younger for a reason. Yeah. This is my music hall. I can't wait to share the music that's newish to me. The music that I've mentioned and purchased will be available in the Spotify playlist that you can find in my link tree in the description below. So in this album, I felt like they were throwing a lot at the wall and a lot of work because she's talented, but I did feel like there were lots of impressions of other people. What are, what were your general thoughts? About I'm going out with my girls tonight. <laughs> Um, I just when I first heard this album, when I when I, I heard it when it um when it came out because I downloaded it. Um and oh, next month will be the will be the 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, 2024, 2025, is the great um without like the bops the great um 
successor to her is Camila Cabello. No, that is not nice. I mean, okay, Camila Cabello has some bops. I'll give her that. But, uh, I'd say, like, maybe she's carried the torch in a different way. I think it's not nice to Vanessa because I feel like her songs are stronger. <laughs> okay, her songs are stronger. But I feel like if Vanessa Hutchins was making music now, she'd be making the same music Camilla is making. Ah. Uh, I, I could... I could see her do some, doing something like that. Like, I know what you did last summer with some random white man. I mean, yeah. I mean, the careers are... Are very interesting. This, I mean, Kasha Menace is a very huge star, and yeah. Camila Cabello is not charting that well. Yeah. It's just, you know, the parallels here. Um, I hate it, but I see it. Yeah. Um, I think this album, they tried to do Mariah Carey, they tried to do um, Christina Aguilera, they tried to do. Um, Sierra probably they tried to do they tried to do Hillary Duff at one of one of the songs like they I, I, I felt like they tried to like do all the formulas they did Hollywood records with every other artist they did because they probably didn't know how to market her right. because she was not like this white girl yeah like so it's like what do we do with this girl like we can't and they, they can't give her high school musical music either because like what would she do with that? Like, they, right. they need to save that for the actual films. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of surprised that the people they got to work with her on this album, um, on her on her debut solo. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, the, this album came out in the '80s. And like, I could see it being a smash. I'm not gonna lie. Mm. She could have been like a stronger Paula Abdul. I could see that, yeah. Like, it's it's a cute teen pop album that had a controversial moment because she said, the hell, who cares? Really? I didn't know that was, like, a controversial moment. Maybe I was just too busy replaying Say Okay and Come Back. <laughs> it's literally the song in between Say Okay and Come Back. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, and Let Go, um, I think with parents, um, they um, were, they didn't like that she said the hell who cares in the song. And that was like a thing with just parents buying the album for their kids. And it was like, it's just hell, like it's not that big of a deal. But I guess at the time it was because Disney kids weren't really saying cuss words in their music. I feel like Disney, the minivan crowd tends to worry about the wrong thing. Yeah, because... Um, I just feel like Lose Your Love should um right should have been the song they should have been worried about. I know. <laughs> like that song is overtly sexual. Yeah. <laughs> um So yeah, shout out to shout out to her um new jeans moment. Moving on. Speaking of which speaking of Lose Your Love, I feel like she did probably the best with her with songs that could have gone to like a Britney, like Lose Your Love, or Rihanna, Say Okay, Let's Dance, or oh, J Lo yeah. with Let Go, Whatever Will Be. 
Oh, oh yeah, J Lo definitely would have sing whatever will be. She yeah. would have definitely went to studio and sang the song into the mic. <laughs> you know what? Shout out to the background vocalists on this album. Shout out to Hollywood Records background vocalists. Y'all were, y'all were carrying those Harry Enough albums. I'm not gonna lie. I can't wait to talk through those with you because sometimes it's like, who is singing this? I don't think. Or, yeah. I don't think it's always her. Come on and let it shine. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's my song. Um, but um, uh, the background vocalist ate on Say Okay. I'm not gonna lie, like, um, and Say Okay is mostly Vanessa, like, but the background vocalist, well, the background, the, the one background vocalist, she ate, um, and. I, I like to say this album in general is like I say one of the better pop releases from Hollywood Records at yes. the time because even Ashley Tisdale's first album has some hiccups on it. It's very like girl from theater trying to and like Vanessa is from theater, but like it doesn't sound like girl from theater trying to do a pop album. But Ashley Tisdale's album sounds like a girl from theater trying to do a pop album. Minus he said she said. I think the problem with Vanessa is like she does get in those theater moments with certain ways. I like want to have one right. girls tonight. Certain like ways she vocalizes certain things. Or maybe it's just like oh, certain genres just don't fit her. Whereas things that, that are kind of straight pop. I feel that way about Raven Simone also at um Disney because Raven Simone was singing the hell out of them songs yes. at Disney which was she gave them vocals even background vocals I mean I mean if you look at Cheetah Girls the three of them by themselves singing um uh, Party's Just Begun without Raven Simone there is obviously the weak links are the group like <laughs> well it's like half the group aren't strong vocalists and Adrian's voice is just too thin a party's just begun. Like, shout out to Adrian, girl. We have, I mean, anyway, shout out to Adrian. Love you. I um, actually feel like she could have done some of these songs that might have felt too old for Vanessa's first album. I, I see that. I see that. Like, um, um, what's the song called? Promise. I, I could see that for her, but yeah. also I love Vanessa Hutchins' version of it. I know. It's so Even, good. like, the bonus track. Ooh. Okay, no, because the parents will talk about songs they should have been worried about. Um, there was a bonus track called called Don't Talk. Um, don't talk, don't tell your friends about us. Don't talk with the song. And, and I'll promise, be quiet, be quiet, or I will just deny it. Like, um... Your what is happening at Hollywood Records? <laughs> I was like, um, y'all, y'all let that slip through, but like the hell who cares was offensive. Is that still a top tier song for you? Ranked in as number one. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, the way that was on my, um, on my MySpace also. Oh, like even lose your love was on my MySpace at one point. That was the, I still listen to that song, like all the time. What makes it top tier for you? It was a soft two for me. 
Um, I think for me personally, I think because I love like cheesy 80s pop and that song reminds me of that like like something that would be in Teen Witch the movie or like uh, Valley Girl um it's, it's just it's just even even Britney Spears' first album that song would have been perfect on Britney Spears' first album um maybe not like appropriate but like right. it would have been perfect <laughs> um on that first album so I, that's why I feel that's, that's how I feel about it um and I mean, like I say that even the, the appropriate stuff is, dare I say, a little boring. <laughs> I like, do psych- realize, like a pattern with you is really like FM kids musically, <laughs> like anything that's like really meant for kids. Like never underestimate a girl. You're just like never, hate it, throw it out of here. Never underestimate a girl. It's like okay, Itzy, like we get it. <laughs> Like, I love girl power. Shout out to that. But, like, um, you know, if I should lose your love, boy, just tell me. Like, she's, she's, and that song is very inappropriate for kids. But as a child who was, anyway, as a child who, um, was a child and very childlike, um, doing very childlike things, mom. Um, I relate to that song at that age. Um, for some of our more, you know, for some of the more curious kids. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) For his final, before you close the door. I'm asking you, please, can we try this once more? Just hold me tight. Don't ever let go. Like, she sang the hell out of that song, but like, she shouldn't have. Right. But like, it, or maybe you know, like, I would see that, like, something's gonna be safe for the third album. Yeah. And that's the last song of the album. I want you. I need you. Can't lose it tonight. I also no. felt it was weird because I just felt like she was stronger on these songs that were more like breakup anthems. Like I felt like ideally she should have broken uh, up with Zach during this time. I don't like say okay would have been oh it was, they broke up there and say okay exactly. Oh that would like that would that would amplify that song to like at least number fifteen on the Billboard Hot 100. I wish Janessa had operated more like Jelena, you know? And oh. we could just break up and get together whenever there's music out. I support that so much. Oh my god. Especially for the second album, but we'll get to that eventually. But yeah. like, oof, 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 oof. And then she could, like, with the second album, she's single, you know, she's, she's out there. Some of those songs were a little bit more fun, a little bit more adventurous lyrically and musically. So I think that would have made more sense. First Bad Habit? Now, if she recorded that for the first album, there would have really been a problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, girl, um... Disney was like, girl, like, we're, we're gonna give you the mature... I mean, they gave Ashley Tissel three different versions of He Said, She Said because the song was just too much for the parents. I feel like that... The fact that was playing on Disney Channel was still crazy to me. 
I can see us touching like that. Baby, I can see us kissing like that. Baby, I can see us moving like that. I was like, um... In the club? You're in the club? As a teenager in the club? Talking about hooking up with somebody? And this is on Disney? Right. Like, but y'all couldn't play Rumors by um, Lizzie Lohan? Like, Rumors actually... No, Rumors are still too much for Disney. <laughs> but it wasn't a hookup song. Like... Right. Shout out to shout out to Ashley for that one though. That's still her number one hit. I loved it. I remember, you know, I was like, yo, this is kind of weird, but this is a bop. What's weird is the is the beginning um, vocal. That vocal makes no sense. Um, I don't know what key it's in, <laughs> or if it's in a key. Was she like giving on trying to find the key? It's just like. I was like, girl, what is that? Like, y'all couldn't, like, auto-tune that? I never understand musical mistakes on the recording. I'll understand it on the live version, but in the recording, you can make it sound as clean as you want, I would think. She was singing off-key on the record. (laughs) It just seems like another Nicole situation, except less extreme. Just, like, because, like, Vanessa isn't able to be, like, as sweet as people would want her to be. Uh-huh. But they just kind of completely dismiss her career. Yeah, pretty much. And it's kind of annoying. Yeah. But let's talk about the song highlights of which song do you prefer? Come back or say okay? And has that changed? Is it like a ever, like, is it like kind of like a war in your mind? Or have you been pretty consistent with I like this one more as a song? Let me think about that. You know, you miss your baby V. Tell me I, I judge songs based on the bridge. Um, that's so hard. Like, cause the haha, like I know introducing incredible, like Baby V. I know. I'm surprised I didn't reference that again on her second album. I would have loved that. Oh God. Oh my, ooh, I gotta play this Ashley Tales song for you later. Okay. Um, I'm sorry to break her up again, but there was a song she had called I'm, I'm Back. If you're looking for for a girl who ends, who writes her own checks, I'm that. Wow. If you're looking for a girl who don't take no shh, I'm that. <gasps> and they never released it on, um, on her second album, but like, it was on like bonus editions of the album, but different versions of the song. There was a rock version of it, and there was an R&B version of it. Like, it was interesting. I'm interested in both versions because I don't, I think of Ashley as like more pop. Like I do get, she mm-hmm. did, he said, she said this, have like R&B influences to it. But I would love to hear Ashley sing an R&B version of <laughs> Imagine if Ashley Tessel singing Summer Walker. If I had you back again, all I want to do is fuck and love, take drugs. Fuck love. Sorry. Um. All the words would be very clear, for sure. No, my one of my friend compared her to um Kasha. That's a good comparison. Because they have similar tones. Yes. So which music video do you prefer? A comeback or say okay? And has that changed? Say okay. Me too. It's all gonna be better. Like comeback is comeback is given SMCO. <laughs> but like say okay was. Like, it's literally the goat. I can't. 
I did love and come back her hoodie with like her like scrunched up jeans and her her little shoes. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> we can't keep living the same way. Like uh, my mom even liked that song. Instead of one of my teachers, actually, because it's like, um, I remember the song from when I was a child. And here it is being sampled in Vanessa Hutchins' oh, song. Oh, what song is it? Baby, come back. You can bring it all to me. Something, 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 something. I don't know. It's like from back in the day. I'm singing it horribly. I'm going to look, actually. Baby, come back. Vanessa Hutchins. Oh, it's um, a song by Hollow Notes. Oh, what? Oh, that's cool. But I don't think they're credited? Wow. No, no, it's by the American band Player. Okay, yeah, the American band Player, which you know what I probably I was remember. Like, <laughs> I was like, how can they get away with not crediting Hollow Notes? <laughs> but um, if you, if you, you'll know the song okay. if you hear it. Yeah. It was it was it was a huge it was a huge hit in the back of the day like late seventies uh, and the only reason I know it is because of um, I love the seventies and etc. I think that's cool. I love hearing like musical history in songs. I'm that girl. So I need to understand your music taste a little bit better. We did talk about how you do not like music that's too much for kids, but I did think that you would like Let's Dance. But you hated it. Uh-huh. It's cute. Um, it's a song. I it's cute. It's really cute. Like I love songs that I I love songs. I love music. You know, I love I love I love hearing vo- vocals. Um, and you know, it's a, it's a great song for when you're around the punch bowl with your <laughs> friends, um, eating popcorn, and you know, dancing to the latest hits in your <laughs> in your dress and jean combo. What a time! You know, it's cute. And love to know like how you feel about pop rock because you didn't like drive either. So, so that's not a genre for you. Yeah. So Hillary's music must have been tough. <laughs> <laughs> that second album was hella tough. Yeah. Now the first album, oh my god, I was living. But that second one, no. Um, mm. I I like pop rock done by certain people. Yeah. Like I think Lizzie Lohan has a great voice for it. Because it's very, uh, but like, like a grittier voice. Yeah, but yeah. like a very soft voice, like that, and like kind of jazzy and Broadway. No. Okay. Mm-mm. Sorry, sorry, baby. On a brighter note, let's talk about Psychic. I feel like, do you think that if we, if she had like delved in her like her more like witchy side, like because she still had a successful career, is there a way they could have used Psychic to launch her into a different direction? Ooh, I don't really cue her on Wizards of Waverly Place. I, um, I'm so surprised that she like didn't do the intro. Nothing about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's me. Everything is not what it seems. It sounds like Ashley Tinsel singing it now. Um, 
Because that's not how Selena Gomez sang it. Um, it was very much tuned. Um, <laughs> no, no, I love Selena Gomez albums, okay? They go, like, Stars Dance and um, whatever that other one was called. <laughs> really went all for me. Um, her engineers are amazing. But um, I... I, I, I would have been really cute to see something be done with that. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I don't think any of the people from um, High School Musical even got, like, put on any of the shows afterwards. And Ashley Tisdale was already doing um, Sweet Life during that. Right. So, like, um, it would have been great to have them given at least opportunity to some of those kids in, like, some capacity on, like, a, t- a television, like, regular series. Well, Corbin and some of the other, I don't know which cast members, but they he they had, like, a guest role on Hannah Montana's near, like, maybe the end of season two. Maybe it was, like, the tie-in with the fact that she had, that Miley had, like, a cameo. That sounds about right. I still love Hannah Montana's music. I think it holds up. I'm sorry, Bottom of the Ocean? I'm sorry, y'all never get me off that song, Okay. <laughs> I know it's about her fish. I don't care. Like, that song makes me sad. And, um, just head on my tent and have bops, okay? And if you didn't zigzag across the floor, everybody knew that act cool. I love um, if we were a movie. Oh my god, yes. Like, oof, we gotta have a, we gotta have a body size episode one day. Um, or head on my tent episode. I'd be down for that. Okay. Um,. But psychic, it's cute. It's a cute song. Um, my, my friends tell me I should see a psychic. You know, it would have been a cute tie-in for like a perfume. Yeah. You know, or some more candies. I completely agree. Like I feel everything was there, but like you said, they just kind of threw their hands and just said like, "Well, you're talented, so here's an album." <laughs> yeah, you're on Disney. You you get signed immediately. Right. It's like American Idol. Oh God, imagine Zac Efron's album. I would have refused to listen to that. Like, I didn't even like his solos in High School Musical movies, so. What about us? (laughs) (laughs) What about everything we've been through? What about trust? (laughs) Ooh, what about me? Sorry, she did go off on that song. I love any of her breakup songs. In, in the movies are they're all good I think she just has like a special gift for that and I don't know why but they work every time there's a sadness in her voice like Lana Del Rey <laughs> oh my god wait a minute <laughs> wait a minute the, the Lana Del Rey-fication of Vanessa Hudges could actually happen <laughs> do you see her you know doing saying something controversial with yes. her typewriter <laughs> <laughs> my label let me do lives anymore <laughs> So I had to come to you and express my truth. Oh my god! What a voiceover! Like <laughs> yes, and and the and the and the keys clicking in the background. <laughs> I just want you all to know I love you all. You all my all my faves. I hope to see you all soon. And remember, <laughs> please use mask. It's very serious out here. But like, if you come to my shows, you have freedom to do whatever you want. <laughs> exactly. So, how would you rate this album out of? Let me see if there's any other songs that we need to talk about first. Um, I promised myself 
I ain't nobody's. I just want to be free. I love that song so much. Even the weird Lion King thing at the end. I know. I was just like, this song is so good. <laughs> like, why? I am a... You know, it it, it might be cultural. It might be something she relates to culturally. I don't know. You know, know, I'm not really that um, smart when it comes to other people's cultures. I apologize in advance. Um, um, Let me actually, where's my my phone? Hello, hello, baby. God, I can hear a thing. I have got no service in my room, you see, see. What, what, what did you hit? Oh, you're breaking up on me. Um. Oh, Afraid. That's one of my favorite songs. <laughs> Why is she so afraid? Let me see where I rank that. Ooh. <laughs> so that was not one of mine. I think after I really enjoyed Drive, I liked her little stint into pop rock. It felt like a nice, like laid back moment. And Afraid just kind of seems like similar as her earlier songs, but just uh, not not enough for me. Why is she so afraid? Like the background singers on that were going off. I don't know, I can't see. Like, <clears throat> that would have been a great contemporary, adult contemporary hit for her. Ooh, her. Who else? What's the arms of an angel woman? Sarah, Sarah, what? Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> yes, her, Sarah McLaughlin, and like, um, maybe Christina. I like, could see this being a Christina song. The She Mix? They could be like, oh, well, Christina and, um, Christina and Demi? Oh, this would be a Demi song, too. Why am I so afraid? The way of Demi would be belting over this song. So afraid! <laughs> no, literally. I don't know. I can't breathe. What, what, what's coming over <laughs> me? That's, that's, that's Christy Aguilera. I, I remember when it was something, a commercial on TikTok. It was like, you're singing, thought I knew you. It was like, thought I knew you. It was like, girl, calm down. All of us, we, we need to breathe. Like, But if you could sing like Christina, wouldn't you overdo it too? Yeah. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I, I, sang, I sang literally every um children's song over singing it. The itsy bitsy spider <laughs> went up the one spout. Down came the rain. Oh, that was a good one. And wash. I heard it. <laughs> That's how she would do. It. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, I'm a Christina Aguilera fan. I hope that she does another Back to Basics again. I feel like that was really some of her best work. Same. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Now, you know, she's Spanish now, so I'm happy for her going back to her roots. <laughs> so, yeah. Shout out to... I was surprised that her um, collaboration with Demi didn't take off more, but I guess because, like... I mean, I was listening to it, so... I was like, I don't want this. I have already had Fighter. That is true. Thought I knew you... So what rating system do you want to use? There's Zac Efron cameos or failed attempts to break up with the clingy captain of the basketball team. What was the first one? 
Zach Efron cameos. Is that supposed to be good? You know. <laughs> that was just my overall feeling for this. But what rating system would you come up with if you were trying to come up with like a with rank this album? I mean, I would say if Zach if Zach Efron cameos is good, I'd say this is near Zach Efron cameos. But like, well, out of ten. Out of ten. I'll give it a six out of ten. That's exactly what you rated it last time. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh my god! Look at me consistent. Love that you said this would be a seven if "Don't Talk" was included. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> be quiet, or I will just deny it. And you mentioned that she had a Mariah Carey moment on this album. Which song was that? Promise. <laughs> You think Ryan Carey would do Promise? I mean, if it were like, if we had like a little bit more of Jermaine Dupri instrumentation, and you know, and, and, <laughs> you know, and what you think about this? Like, yeah. Like, she would definitely sing that. Okay. I could see that like a post, a post Tony Mattella moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. How would you rate this album? I rated it 7.5 out of 10. Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) I liked half the songs. And the songs that I didn't really like weren't, like, too offensive. So Uh I was just like, I think this is a good start. I could definitely play this album all the way through. So that's why I gave it over a 7. But I was really surprised by some of the songs that like were B-sides. I thought I would just walk away just liking like say okay and come back. But I was really surprised that I liked stuff like Lose Your Love or Drive or Really Loving Promise. So, and Psychic. So, like there's like, there's a lot of good gems on this. This is a good album. Psychic goes off. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's a cute album. Like Hollywood Records, you kind of you, you did something with that one because I have I have um I have a beef with y'all about that second Hillary Duff album. We have so much to discuss. I don't know how it happened. I don't know why it's generally accepted that Hillary Duff does pop rock when Come no on one talks about the album anymore. Let's be up. sorry. That's my song. Like I like that song. That's the only song when I album. Like but we'll talk about that later. Okay, so you're gonna have to walk me through the song last night because I hated Vanessa's country debut. I don't want to know what you did last night. Ah. <laughs> like it's inventive. It's 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 giving Beach Boys. It's giving so much. Now like, you're just saying words. I hated the twang going in and out. I hated anything that that made Vanessa put on something. Like I just. She's a great actor, but not in her vocal performance. She just needs. I, I don't know, know what you did last night. Like, she was giving Dolly Parton. <laughs> some of you are hated. Like, um, and it's the first song on the album for a reason. Oh, um, it's giving. It's like you know, this album's gonna be funky. It's gonna be a party. Like, get up and dance. And that's what she gave y'all, and y'all are unappreciative. And country should, you know, she should debut as a country artist. Let's go. We for have it. to. <laughs> I 
that we both love identify. I thought it was like her at her best, like to her doing the Britney thing. And I always think of artists that should do Britney Spears music instead of her. Cause you know that, you know, she oh, suffered yeah. in silence. So I felt like maybe Britney should have just been able to marry Kevin Federline, go back to Keatsville, live her life with her royalties. And then Vanessa could have taken out the mantle with, you know, ideally in protection, but felt like musically Vanessa would have done a really good job. Yeah. Um, there are, there's a few Britney Spears moments on this album. Yeah. Like, um, first bad habit is a Britney Spears song. Like, um, I even say the Sierra Britney Spears hybrid did it ever cross your mind? Um, See, I didn't think of Sierra when I thought. I thought of Sierra more of Party on the Moon. I mean, that too. Exotic. Whoa. Yeah. It's like a rocket. And oh my, they, they pulled out all the stops on this album for producers. Oh my God. They put, like, like okay, like, yeah, he is defamed. But, like, and he's a terrible person. But Dr. Luke is on his album, like, a few times. Oh, and so wow. it's, like, Max Martin, The Messengers, like, Benny Blanco is on his album. Like, there are so many big names on this album. Like, even, um, as we said earlier, um, we saw Mariah Carey, her, her old collaborator, Walter, um, I don't know how to say his last name, but he's on this album as a writer. Um, there's like even Jesse McCartney has a writing credit on this album. Like this album, they like they they were like this is gonna be the album, and they released Sneaker Night as the first single. It's crazy, like <laughs> like you said, sabotage. There are so many good singles in this that they could have put out as like a good step forward for her, and I just felt like Sneaker Night was a step back from what she was releasing earlier. Like, how do you go from say okay to Sneaker Night? I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. Like, um, like, okay, like, okay, like, no, like, I, mm, okay, let me say something. If I were doing this album, like, Sneaker Night, like, Sneaker Night would have came out as a commercial for the candies. I would have been a separate, like, a promotional single for candies. Okay, for a person, for like a candy shoe that you can find at JCPenney. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe the first single would have been like, um, probably, I, I would have went with either First Bad Habit or Amazed to feature Little Mama. I would have loved Amazed if it came out as a single. Like, I feel like that would have led the album perfectly. Yes. Because that, that gives a better idea of what the album sounds like. Right. But also, I would have went with, um, last night. But anyway, um... <sighs> Or, or also, um, also I would like to say, um, don't leave. I know, no, it's a very, you know, I need love type of song, but, um, that could have also been a single, but personally, First Bad Habit or Amazed, and also they're, they're made by that man. So, you know, even though he's terrible, the songs do sound good. Um, so, um, and also, First Bad Habit was written by Kathy Dennis and Dr. Luke. Kathy Dennis is a legend. She wrote Toxic for Britney Spears. Oh, wow. Like, see, all the pieces were there. Just, 
don't get it. They're releasing the JR song, Sneaker Night. Sneaker Night should have just been a single, and then we could have had, you know, maybe a better song on this album as a replacement. No, they had the JR tag <laughs> on Sneaker Night. I probably would have went further, I'm not gonna lie. Imagine, JR. Like, put your sneakers on. I would have, like, someone should, can someone please edit that? I'm not gonna do it. Like, I got somewhere to be. I want you to come with me. So, other than Sierra, who could you have seen doing Party on the Moon? Chris Brown? I think so too. That's about it. Yeah. So the fact that Vanessa Hudgens got that I song. I know. <laughs> interesting. And it's another song that you feel like requires a dance performance. Just something about it just has. Some reason I'm thinking of like Super Junior Super Superman. Like they're oh just my kind God. of like that like. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. This is a K-pop song. It's like a rocket, rocket, rocket. You can't stop it, stop it. Um, that song is towards the end of the album also. Like, that song is, is between Papercut and Did It Ever Cross Your Mind? Which I felt like that song should have been like right after Amazed. Yeah. Like, it would have made... Like, this track listing also is interesting. Um, Because I do agree with you, last night maybe shouldn't have started the album. No. Maybe Identify should have started the album. Yes. And then, like, Last Night should have been right beside Sneaker Night. Definitely sounds like a Carrie Underwood reject. Oh, uh, and Carrie Underwood with an eight. Yes. Um, shout out to Carrie Underwood, a legend. But I saw on your tier that Identified is in the fourth tier, but you have First Bad Habit in the first. So what, what separates these songs for you? Um, First Bad Habit is a song I have on repeat. Um... Turn it off, turn it on, uh, off, off, on. Keep me guessing what you want. Turn it off, turn it on, uh, off, off, on. Like, come on! Like. <laughs> I love how you just explain things with like, just singing the lyrics. <laughs> like that part right there, it like eats. Like that right, when I heard that song, I was like, wait a minute, this is different for her. Like. And the, the song is a bit mature, yeah. but like I feel like it's at that time a bit age appropriate. Um, and it should have it should have been the first single. It should have been the first single. Kathy Dennis is one of the writers on this goddamn song. I mean, Kathy Dennis is also a writer on Amazed, but she's one of the sole writers of First Bad Habit. Mm. And um, it's a perfect Britney Spears song, or, or a perfect Kylie Minogue song, also. I feel like First Bad Habit reminded me of Britney Spears' Break the Ice. Oh, I could see that, yeah. Like a similar energy. Oh, this is her Blackout album. Yes. Oh, that's perfect, yes. Because last night is like her um, Get Naked. <laughs> I got a plan. We can go and do what you want, baby. Like, but did you feel like First Bad Habit had, like, the maturity that Identifies lacked? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Identify is more like a Bratz theme song. But See, I love that. 
I mean, it, it did have Kathy Dennis and Max Martin. Max Martin, who's waiting for Britney Spears in sync, Backstreet Boys, etc. Yeah. And like that man. Um. So Identify has all the pieces there to be like a hit song. So like it should have been one of the biggest songs, but it's not. It's not big for me. And I love Max Martin to death. That's that's my man. But. So what made the song, did it ever cross your mind? Well, actually, we were talking about identified and the maturity, and I just wanted to talk through some of my, some of my difficulties. Like, I do like the song. I changed my ranking of it, I think, was initially pretty high, but I felt like I needed to change it because, mm-hmm. like, at this point, Vanessa still is kind of making music that is kind of for kids. And I did feel like it is a little bit, the song's a little bit what, Patty? Yes, it's a bit wet pad, but like he turns it off and turns it on. He keeps like guessing what he wants. Like I'm just like with that song, with Hook It Up, I'm just like, does does this need to be and maybe I could have like had that same experience with Lose Your Love. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like I don't know, like these are like First Bad Habits, of course, a much better song than Hook It Up, and I'm just like, does there need to be like lyrical responsibility and like what what even if like the artist is not a kid but you know your audience is kids um i mean yeah i guess i understand that um yeah i I get that i get that i get that like personally i feel like i would still release a song but i would (laughs) you know because Kids, you know, listen to music. I, I listened to Pretty Ricky as a kid. I mean, I shouldn't have. But, you know, Blue Stars was everywhere. Um, I feel like I feel like First Bad Habit Under Hollywood was a very um, risky thing for them to do. Um, and there were... But I think at that time, with Vanessa Hutchins' image... They were just kind of like whatever. They were like she like she's already had the scandal and let's just move forward with this. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And it was like, well, what are we gonna do here? Like, it's kind of like can't be tamed. <laughs> well. Yeah. <laughs> she she did like a hard U turn and said, "We are leaving this. I am going to burn the bridge with Disney." Yeah, like. And that was a moment. Yeah. But two, did it ever cross your mind? That was that was a soft two for me, but it was top tier for you. So what makes this song stand out for you? There's an ivory face. Like, come on. Like, I'm sorry. When I heard that song, I was like, wait a minute. This is like almost Miami base. Um, and I was just shocked that Disney would ever make a song like that. So I was like, this is for me personally as a southerner as, as one who's not a Yankee um that's what I call people who are not from the south they're all Yankees or city dwellers um and that song is personally for me um it reminds me of nights at like the basketball court or at the pool with your trade or whoever you're with and it's just it, it, it just it gives me such sweet feelings on the inside despite the content in the song um i feel like that song should have been a single 
Also, it would have been a great Sierra song. I mean, I think personally, but also it could have been a great Puskat Doll song. I could see that too. I mean, it does. It does have like kind of like a buttons energy to it. Yeah, I mean, first bad habit could have been a Puskat Doll song. Really. Nicole singing Turn It Off, Turn It On. I mean, one of, well, one of the girls doing Turn It Off, Turn It On. <laughs> Maybe they'd let the black member sing that. Well, she would kind of overdo it. Oh. <laughs> turn it off. Turn it on. Yeah. Because Nicole has to come in and I'll sing her. Um, but first, what happened is I think I think it's a great urban pop song. Um, no matter who, who if it was a Hillary Duff song, I would still go up for it because I love the production of it I, yeah. and I love the vocal melody. And um, it is a song where you can put like almost any voice. No, literally anyone can sing that song. Yeah, which is a problem, but also it's it's a negative and a positive, I guess. Yeah. Um, which is why it's number one on my list because. I want the song for myself. <laughs> and none, none of you probably heard it, so I probably will get the song. <laughs> My new original song, Did It Ever Cross Your Mind? <laughs> oh. And you know, Throwback is coming back in, so you know, like, that song is definitely giving, like, um, and, um, and I, I mean, I N O J, you know? I could see that. Oh my gosh, she would have ate that song. Oh my, a black artist? Yes. This song, actually, that song is missing a black singer. Like, wait, first bad habit or did it ever cross your mind? Did it ever cross your mind? Yes. Yeah, I think that's that's probably why I like it because I can hear it being sung by like a, a a black woman, and while I do love Vanessa's take on it. Um, I, th- I think I'm just writing the song as a song and not even as a Vanessa Hudgens song. Mm, okay. Yeah. I get, like, musically it does seem like a big step, like, in, like, a different direction. But, like, for me, I felt like my, my top ranking was for, like, a song, like, I'm surprised this artist can do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe because it felt more like, like a producer's vessel type of song. I wasn't, like, as impressed. Oh, no, that song... It's a producer's vessel because it's written by and produced by the same person. Like, there's no one else but the producer on that song. Mm, okay. I mean, the producer's probably doing background vocals for that song also. Um, so shout out to whoever produced that. The one name person. Thank you. <laughs> if you want to produce for me, I'm here to be your vessel. <laughs> so let's talk about a song that we both enjoyed. So... Amaze does have an uncredited Little Mama feature. Yep, yep. Which is surprising Miss because Robbie. she was she was around then. Like I think Girlfriend was released, but the Girlfriend He Should Not Be Named remix was released before this album hey, came hey, out. Look, look, I got me a black friend. <laughs> like I Little Mama and Avril Lavigne. The remix. <laughs> like I personally was indifferent towards that remix um yeah that's what I'm gonna say about that but Little Mama I feel like should have been credited yes. um but maybe 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 this is during her slope because Little Mama had um had, had lip gloss and Shawty get loose and that's pretty much it 
When did Shawnee Get Loose come out? I thought it was like early 2010s that that came out. I don't remember, but I remember when she did the um, running on stage at the mm, VMAs, yeah. which she's been trying to live down, but it's like historic girl. I, I, would, I would sell t-shirts of that if I were her. Um, I would sell t-shirts of Beyonce trying to pull me from not going on stage. Amaze should have been like, thinking about it now, over over my personal bias of First Bad Habit, um, Amaze would have been our perfect lead single. Yes. Despite some of the lyrics um, in the chorus. Um, oh no, I have to look up this. With a little mama feature, you know, you, you, you know when someone who's non-black um, does something, um, they need a black person to make it a little bit more credible. I was thinking the same thing. And when Vanessa got that, what little mama? Right. The song, yo. It's like when people were um working with accents. Like um Sky Sweet Nam, if anyone remembers who that is, um did a song with accent called um Boy Hunter on an album called Soldier that's not on streaming in America, but I do have a bootleg of it. Um, and I was like, okay, this is cute. Like, I love when the girls get a black rapper, a, a black female rapper to do the, their thing. Or like when um, Hillary Duff did um, reach out and touch me with that black man. So random. Like, that, that does not make sense. I feel like with Vanessa's voice and ability to do R&B adjacent things, like not saying using black artists for, to like make yourself edgier is right, but I feel like amazed could have worked a little better even though i cannot imagine what the stage performance would have looked like it probably would have looked like katie perry and juicy j's collaboration no i'm literally trying to imagine her doing the body roll don't you know oh <laughs> like she would definitely try to do a body roll like <laughs> do the hand sign my girl little mama to the stage oh my gosh <laughs> they're awkwardly like dancing at the side and just like looking at little mama in amazement because they've never actually spoken before <laughs> a black person whoa <laughs> um so shout out to little mama for that song shout out to that man who shall not be named shout out to kathy De- shout out to all the writers in that song they did a great job um i don't think it needed that many writers but they did a great they did a great job crafting a perfect lead single that was not used as a lead single even though the lead single was perfect. I keep mentioning this terrible song. So I want you to campaign why other people should check out Sneaker Night. Sneaker Night is avant-garde. Sneaker Night is 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 jazz contemporary. <laughs> Sneaker Night is is reintroducing jazz into the mainstream. And it, 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 its take on jazz is just very abstract. It was very... <laughs> different like never been done before like it, you'd have to listen to it maybe a few more times to get it um her vocal take um and like the key of the song and the key of her vocal were like together but like they were it was more like a more like a push and pull type of situation <laughs> and you know um I thought Singer Night is one of the greatest jazz songs of our generation <laughs> and we should recognize it as such um, and I I just feel like she doesn't get that credit because she's not black. But I feel like if Adele can make soul music, then Vanessa Hudgens can make jazz. And as one of the greatest jazz vocalists of our time that Vanessa Hudgens is, 
I feel like she doesn't get her credit. And that is why you should check out It's Sneaker Night. Yes. One of the best crafted songs of all time. Yes. Shout out to my girl, um, Vanessa. You really went in that studio and said, you know what? I want to make history here. And that's <laughs> what you did. You made history. What kind of music do you think Vanessa Hudgens wanted to do? I really feel like she loved, you know, a slow R&B song like Gone With The Wind mm-hmm. near the end of the album. But is that would that have been the right decision? Or should we never listen to artists and just follow what the evil label says? Sometimes follow the evil label. <laughs> I feel like she should have had like an urban pop album. Yeah. I feel like she could have been the urban pop girl for a while. And she could have transitioned into like the current genres. And like even the genres of the time if um, managed properly. Um, and also there was like someone on the creative team who knew what to do with her image. I, I just don't think they were trying to um, be inventive with her um, imaging and packaging as an artist or as, as the entity of Vanessa Hudgens from Disney. Right. Um, I feel like they're like, this is the girl from High School Musical and she does music. But we're gonna, we're gonna invest so much money into the music, but we're not gonna do anything with it. Right, I feel the same way. It's so weird. It's like, you do know you have to sell music, right? For people to wanna listen to it, like. Like, it's not gonna do that. And like, y'all have some great ringtones in that album. What, what would you have sold as, like, the ringtone song? Amaze would have been the first ringtone mm. song. Um, and then also, um, uh, what's that song called? Um, Don't Leave would have been a ringtone also for the girls. Yeah. I felt like Don't Leave and Paper Cut, but, like, for me, lesser versions of Don't Ask Why, but why did these songs stand out to you? Paper Cut was made by the same person who did First Bad Habit. Oh, no. Well, not First Bad Habit. They did, um... Did it ever cross your mind? Johnny Vieira. Um... That's surprising to me because it just didn't grab me the same way. Oh, your love feels like a paper cut. Oh, my God! <laughs> that would have made... Gr- I mean, it probably did make great for compilations of Zach and Vanessa. <laughs> I'm sure. Girl, that feels like a paper cut. It's so deep. I feel like that's very toxic, but um, shout out to Johnny Vera. You made some of the best music on this album to me. Um, Paper Cut is a cute song. What did I ring it again? Paper Cut is in the third tier and Don't Leave is in the second tier. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> Paper Cut is, to me, it's a sweet song. I was trying to figure out how I'm going to spin this one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I like Paper Cut, just not as much as I um thought I did. Now, don't leave. Now, that's a song. I like that she brought back, you know, some her soft rapping skills. Yeah. But I felt like the lyrics weren't as, like, tightened as it was in some other songs. Yeah, I feel like they were just, like, in the studio. We, ha- we have, like, a deadline. Let's get this out. <laughs> like, if Paper Cut was one of those songs, unfortunately. And so was, um... Um, what's that song? Um, uh, I don't want to know what you did last night. (laughs) And they could have just cut out last night. It doesn't make sense with anything else on this album. Oh, anyway. Um, (laughs) last night was probably recorded the same time Sneaker Night was recorded. And they're all like, you know what? This, this, this theme is going really well. 
Um, and Vanessa probably said, hey, can we try something more poppy? <laughs> um, she probably, but she saw like she was having hella fun recording that song. Maybe she was enjoying the accent work, which I'm glad she hasn't brought to our movies. <laughs> but it's not working. Oh no, my girls this night. Just <laughs> giving jazz hands. Um, well, you know, championing her as a jazz vocalist. Okay, so last, last two questions. What did you think of this album in comparison to her first? And would you listen to another Vanessa album? Vanessa, I just could release a could surprise release an album right now, and I, I would buy it. On like she could release um V and um and um I did not find on vinyl, and I'd buy them right now. But I think the I would say V is strangely more cohesive. Mm, I feel that. Because the track listing for this album is all over the place. Yeah. Um, I feel like if I, if they did a better track listing and a better rollout single wise, this album could have had more shelf life. Yes. More pe- people will actually know what it was instead of just Sneaker Night. Right. I mean, I prefer Identified to the first album, but the first album has, how would I say this? Oh, the first album was probably chasing some trends. I, f- I feel like that album felt more organic to the second one. Was like we're trying to make her a big pop star. Yeah. But I feel like they didn't try hard enough. Right. Like, so it's like you're trying to make her this big pop star, but you, you, you throw all these amazing producers and songwriters onto this album with no with no direction. Right. And that's where this album slips up for me. But I was still rated higher than um, V. Even the album cover, it's just like they did not try at all. No, literally. For her. And I just, I could just compare it to like, like this is kind of her blackout moment. And like, we think like opposite of Dignity, which is Hillary's. Oh, Dignity went off. And like all the different looks and the styling and. See, Dignity? But I, I think Identified has better music. Definitely has better music. Um,. Yeah, and also her voice is better on the second album. Yeah. Mine is Party on the Moon. And, I mean, Party on the Moon is a fun song. And I went out for Party on the Moon. I still do. Um, but, that, that, this album is complicated. as it's Because it's the last album. It's, a, it's her last studio album. Solo studio album. And she's just been doing work as soundtrack as a soundtrack and like um Broadway show artist which I think is respectful also maybe she doesn't want to do pop anymore I would hope she does it again I mean she loves festivals so much I think she could be like a really good with the right training I think for live performance she has a voice for it but I don't know what she's like on stage yeah but I, I would love to get another album from her like she's she's someone that I would like want to hear her take on things. If Hillary Duff can release "Breathe In, Breathe Out," that's what I'm saying. Vanessa Hudgens can release another album. Yeah. But I enjoyed "Breathe In, Breathe Out." I haven't listened to it yet. I did see. Was that the single with like Spark, where she has blue hair? Yeah. Yeah, I saw the the music video and I was like, do I want to know more? <laughs> you, you make my heart go. <laughs> She didn't have her background singers on that album, but, you know, um, she, 
Yeah. You know, they, the H&R did a great job with her vocals on that album. And shout out to them. Uh, shout, shout out to shout out to Hill Deal. And um, Vanessa, girl, come back when you want to. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to whatever you release. Baby, come back. Yes. I'm not going to watch Tick, Tick, Boom, though. I'm so sorry. It, ha- it has great ratings, but I'm not watching that. I look forward to watching it. I think my hangout has been like people, like, I feel like we're still trying to make Andrew Garfield happen. Ha! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes. Was he Spider Man at one point? Yes. Well, I want to hear your shout outs. Shout out to, um, shout out to the My White Twinks, Timothy Chalamet. And, um, the other one, what's his name? Zendaya's Man. Tom Holland, you're a fan as well. I'm a fan of his rapping skills. Was it like a Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Like, was it like a lip sync situation or? Let's talk about a white man, okay? I saw you were in support of um, him and Megan Good's alleged relationship. Oh, you saw that like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, yeah, I did like that photo. Yeah, I did. You're, you're revising history now. Does it mean anything? I was just scrolling past. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Shout out to Mark Lee. So how would you rate this album out of 10 uncredited Little Mama features? Maybe 7.58. Wow, this is a drop. 9 out of 10. Oh, what did I originally rate it? It was actually for Hook It Up. Oh, yeah, because I remember a paper cut. Oh, God, I hate that song. I still love, I love songs that sound like they could be in kids movies, but like, I just love songs that are kind of corny and fun. But I was like, this is what like a nine-year-old thinks is happening in a club. (laughs) I mean, I've seen, I saw Sleepover. (laughs) That movie is so wild. I just rewatched it the other day and I was like, this is what I was going up for. Yikes. Yeah. 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 That movie has a very problematic, that's all I'm gonna say. Yes. But shout out to Alexa Vega, who also could have played the role of, of Gabrielle in High School Musical. That is true. Um, how would you rank this album? That's a really good question. Um I think I liked V more. Hmm. But only like a little bit. So I liked, yeah, this song, maybe because there was like no promise, like it just didn't have the same like sentiment. Like it had good songs, but they just didn't hit me emotionally the same way. I mean, Say Okay and um, and Come Back are well-crafted songs. Yeah. So I would rank it 7.25 out of 10. You know what? And um, that's cute. I like that, you know? Um... But my rating will be a nine if it included vulnerable. And instead of back, hook it up. Hook it up is um less dance, but the worst version of it. <laughs> that is so true. Hook it up should have been on uh, Hook It Up could have been on Can't Be Tamed. I think it actually would have been on Miley Cyrus's first album with like GNO and Seven Things. I could see it on there. Fly on the wall. Oh my god. What's that song? See you again? Now that goes off. Oh, I haven't heard that one. That's a club banger. I need to go back to those albums. I downloaded that. Like, shame. Like, ashamed. I downloaded that. Like, (laughs) in shame. Even downloaded the Party in the USA, um, the Party in the USA, um, EP when it came out. 
for me, I, I kind of think that's Peak Miley with like the last song, that era. Yeah. The climb. Ugh. So good. I'm glad she still sings that one. I feel like she just tries, she kind of like tries to like erase everything, which is understandable, but it's nice that like one song kind of made it. Yeah. Like, in every 4th of July, you'll hear the opening guitar riff of Harden USA, where a Jay-Z song was on. It's so iconic. She ain't never heard a Jay-Z song when she recorded that. (laughs) You know, now she's heard one at least, you know? Unfortunately, maybe, like, what's that guy, Mike Willett or whatever, might have played one. Oh, Mike Will made it. Last question about Vanessa. So mostly both of us have on our platforms mostly talk about K-pop, at least on our podcast. So I thought it'd be fun to discuss like how Vanessa would operate in a K-pop setting. Like would she be Korean or would she be like the interesting foreign idol? Like what, whose career would you compare her to or who, which idol would you compare her to? What would she be like? A group, you know, person, a soloist? Okay, like, no offense to Vanessa, and no offense to Kyolin, but, um, I'm gonna say Kyolin's dance moves with Vanessa's vocals with Boa's instrumentation, (laughs) um, and, um, with JYP's writing. Yeah. Is this the career that you'd want, or the career she'd actually have? Oh, that's the career I would want. Oh. <laughs> um, the career I think she'd have is more so. Oh guys, I hope I hope people don't get mad at me when I compare this, but this is not based on like like a talent or like anything. Like I like I'm just talking about like from a career standpoint. Um, if she was a K-pop idol, she'd be more of a huh. How do I say this? Hmm. Brain, 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 brain. Um, I'm gonna say something. <laughs> I am so nervous. Um, I'm nervous too. <laughs> I say, I'd say on the same wave of like a, like a Gaian or Joe Kwan. That is not where I expected you to go. I was very much thinking of like Nyan or Jihyo from Twice. I was gonna say Nyan. I was gonna say Nyan, but I had to stop myself. You thought Nyan was too sacred, but you just compared her to Gaian and Joe Kwan. Come on. Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, I mean, okay, like. Like, okay, yeah, like, it'll be more so Nyan, but, like, I want Gaian and Joe Kwan. Um, because she will definitely release um, the, the F.U. song. Yeah. Um, but, like, Pop, like, Pop would definitely be a Vanessa Hudgens song. Yes. Like, um, and maybe Sneakers by Itzy. <laughs> Like, imagine, like, her, um, her bringing candies back to uh, Korea, like... I would love that. 
I, t- I miss that era so much. Huh? Put your sneakers on. No. Huh? Put your sneakers <laughs> on. Put your sneakers on. <laughs> Imagine it was Christina Aguilera. Oh my god. Hey. Put your sneakers on. <laughs> We're going dancing all night long. I got somewhere to be. Sorry. My neighbors are like, oh my god, this bitch is screaming in this room. <laughs> I'm so sorry, neighbors. But not really. I love that. I could definitely see her starting out in a grouping going solo. I don't I think that's probably the best way for her to be. If I had to compare it to a girl, like a girl group member, she'd be Sunny from SNSD. I don't think Sunny actually wants a solo career. I mean, me neither, but I would love it. <laughs> I would too. And I'm just tired of being teased with like, just tell us the truth. Just say you're happy with variety shows. I just think she's she's just fine. Like she knows she has a cushy life and she's not trying to like stress herself out like someone like Tan or something. Yeah, or, or Tiffany. Right. Oh wait, actually Tiffany may be the perfect description for Vanessa Hutchins. Um, yeah. My number one pet peeve is when people are not the strongest dancers but make dance music. That's gonna be me one day. <laughs> Put, put your sneakers on. That's going to be me all day. I love that we came to a, an agreement about the right person that Vanessa would represent in K-pop. Put, put, put your sneakers on. Sorry. Um. Yeah, like, and I would love to manage her. Since we think they're kind of alike, like, do you think Tiffany's solo music was the right direction? Like, if you were the evil label managing her or Vanessa Hudgens, like, what moves would you want them to make? Well, Tiffany would still be with SM. That's a different story. But, um, um, Vanessa Hudgens definitely would release Under My Skin. Like, Vanessa Hudgens would release everything Tiffany released after SM. Yeah. Everything on SM, like dance um, and all that other stuff, would not have happened with Vanessa Hutchins. But I Want You Under My Skin would have definitely been like Vanessa's first, first, like, that would, that would have been debut solo. <laughs> like, yeah. That is true. I did like Heartbreak Hotel, though. I did like that too, yeah. That was a good yeah. song. So if we had to try to revamp Vanessa's career, what what would you want her to do? What would be the right role for her? I would love to see her in, in A24 films. So what are those? As a studio, um, like they released, they, re- they released some really cool films. Like uh, they released Midsommar, Hereditary, Ex Machina, um, the new film Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. And it was the really big one that just happened. Um, give me a second. I need to figure out what the name of that movie is because I really want to see it. I could see um, that. Like, didn't she do that movie about like they saw like a video game? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I've never seen that though. I haven't either. Um, uh, wait, isn't I thought um everything? What is that movie called? 
everything. Like everywhere all at once, something like that. Yeah, like that, like I mean, I'm gonna oh yeah, every everything everywhere all at once is mm. also under A twenty four. I just feel like, you know, she could do like a movie under A twenty four. And like you know, like get with like that crowd because I feel like Vanessa Hudgens is, is a great actor. Yeah. And um, I feel like she should be in films that like give her space to do like do said acting because when I saw her in Spring Breakers, while it may not be one of the best films, um, she did a great she did a great in that. And I'm not gonna like she wasn't a hit movie recently. She was in Tick, Tick, Boom. I've not seen it yet. But, um... I feel like... I, I, would, I would like to see her more stuff that was, like... I'm not gonna say she's not being challenged, but more stuff that put her acting chops to, like, work. And I think she needs to move away from films that, like, try to make her play sweet. Like, I don't know her, but I just feel like... She always just seems to have, like, this, like, twinkle in her eye. Like a nice nasty quality to her that I wish could kind of be played upon more. We love to see it. Like, um, yeah, like I would love to see that also. Like, um I, I wish like like not to be me, but like but like a Gabrielle Union, like early in the day, like her right. early career. Like something like that. That'd be really yeah. cute. Something where we're just ripping the band-aid off and we can kind of like get into like the, the theater girl we all know. Yeah, and I mean she's a that's a theater girl right there. Like Yeah. Oh uh, if they could just mesh those worlds together for I mean she was a tick tick boom. I don't know what role she played. Don't know if it was a big role, but apparently she was a part of the main cast, so um maybe she was you know, hopefully, hopefully her reception in that movie was really good. Um, yeah. Shout out to her. So in this section, just want to get to know you, walk us through just like how you kind of juggle everything because I loved being able to get to know you through your first podcast, 106 in Soul. And then mm-hmm. kind of follow your different interests, like the Y2K podcast, Rest in Peace. Oh, yeah, And rest now in Planet peace. and Groove. Oh, Rest so. in Peace of that, too. <laughs> it's not called Delete My Nudes. Oh, okay, because I was seeing you retweet stuff, and I was, like, wondering, like, if that's, like, a new podcast or if that was someone else's. So, okay. Yeah, I realized I couldn't go any longer doing that podcast by myself. Oh, okay, so that's what you were saying before when you were like having like other people on and. Oh yeah, um, doing Planet Groove was a lot of work, a lot of research, a lot of scripting, a lot of writing, a lot of transcribing, like finding the videos, clipping. Like that was a lot of work, um, and I never want to do it again. I mean, I have fun doing it, but yeah. um, after a while, when my, when my mental health started declining at a certain point, mm-hmm. I couldn't keep up with it. So, yeah, um, this podcast I'm doing currently under the same guys because it's still the Planet Groove and Y2K cast are also, you can still find them if you look up Delete My News. They're right there. But uh, this one is way easier for me to do. I don't have to script anything. All I have to do is 
um, get my questions ready, know what topic I'm doing, and um, and be open. It's been it's been a very um, eye opening process. I've been learning a lot about myself. I've been being I've been very vulnerable and very public, which is not something I'm used to doing because I'm a very private person. So I'm saying a lot of things about myself that I would never say. Yeah. And I'm sharing a lot of things. Um, so yeah, if you want to hear me share some some very messy and sometimes traumatic stories, listen to Delete My Nudes. I hope this doesn't sound condescending in any way, but I think it's so admirable of you to just put, put your part of your private self out there and like share your honest experiences. I think... I hate to use this word, but it's free when any black person does that. Even with K-pop, whether it's like sharing what we like, it can feel so scary. But so you like really sharing your personal experiences, I'm sure it was like a different fear to overcome. It was very, like, it was a lot. Like, like, I didn't think I could be that open on a podcast. Um, So being able to share things that have happened to me, whether bad or good or even indifferent, um, has it's feel like it's it's kind of feel like it kind of feels like freedom, yeah. because um, if I'm putting it out there, I feel like I have control of my own narrative. Um, so like yeah, if you want to use the podcast, listen to it and like you know use it as something negative against me. Go like go ahead, I put it out there. Like I don't care um, because I'm not ashamed of my life. I'll just say that. That's, that's freedom, though, to be able to look back and, like, have lessons but not be weighted down by, like, fear of, like, what if someone finds out this or what will people think of this? Just being able to show up authentically and, and own that and be proud of that. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, but um, I think it needed to happen at this stage in my life, mm-hmm. at this age in my life. Um, after being so closed off, and sometimes cold. I, f- I feel myself becoming a bit warmer to people. Um, so this podcast has, has also helped me in that sense. Um, it's almost therapeutic without the therapy. I still need therapy, but the podcast is... It's, it's, it's helping. It's helping. I think so. And do you think your past podcasts were like kind of a step towards this? I think so, because... Being a 106, um, we did share some personal stuff sometimes that I had to edit out. Um, um, and I think also getting used to the sound of my own voice was a lot to do because I hate the sound of my own voice. In that, like, I, I've, I've had to face a lot of things about myself I don't like and, like, get, like, not get used to them, but learn to, like, love them. And like learn to like accept them for what they are and not try to like shift or change them unless I want to change them I will change them but I at the moment I'm not trying to um and it's 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 been it's been interesting I I I like it um doing Planet Groove definitely me towards doing this podcast because Planet Groove, I was sharing. I remember there were episodes like, dude, and I feel like very embarrassed after oh. like releasing them. Like, oh, I feel like I'd share too much. Mm. Um, but now it's it's like, oh, okay, like 
I mean, I, I'm not the only one out here who's gone through these things. So like, I like, I'm like, none of us are alone in some of the stuff we're going through. Yes. And I have to remind myself that also when I'm doing these episodes. We've heard like studies saying that people are so lonely these days. And I think it's because a lot of us put up safeguards to like protect ourselves. We're also keeping, while we're keeping negativity out, we're also preventing light from coming in. Yeah, exactly. But it, like I said, like being being black and in, in this world can be so scary because you always have to monitor other people, always have to think of other people's reactions, which you can't even control. Yeah, literally you cannot. Like that's not a way to live. Yeah. So it's it's been it's been interesting. And if my mom ever hears the podcast, I apologize in advance <laughs> for what you for what you will hear, especially with my fourth episode, fifth episode. That is going to be interesting. Um, because I talk about some things that are personal to my sex life, and I I've always wanted to be open, like sexually, with like. Um, my being and like um, I've always felt like I had to repress certain things publicly just to not offend or piss people off but um, I even find myself being more open with um, the things the things I the things I enjoy sexually and etc because um, I, I don't see the point in sexuality being this taboo thing and like when it's your podcast you want it to be a safe space for you yeah definitely why did I say it like that (laughs) yeah definitely (laughs) you're fine and I like your voice it's so soothing so thank you but I I I have that same experience (sighs) and I remember the first time we spoke you're just like are you from the south (laughs) never know what my voice is actually gonna sound like sometimes I like listen back and I'm like wow like I thought I sounded like okay, but maybe my accent was too strong there or You have a great podcast voice, like Thank you. Like it's your voice is at very clear. I was gonna say hella clear, but <laughs> I have sometimes I have to like bring it back. It's very clear. Thank you. I, I record several times just to make sure that like people will understand what I'm saying. Cause I know, you know, with the Southern accent, sometimes like it can just sound like a barrage of R's yeah. and like no words. I, that happens to me a lot. You'll probably hear that during this episode. <laughs> just me, just <laughs> I talk really fast and very slurred. <laughs> Trim spa, baby. Well, tell us about your, the journey with each of your podcasts, starting with 106 in Soul, which I love the title by the way. Oh, thank you. It took a while to come up with that title. Um, well, 106 happened because two best friends wanted to start a podcast together. And we didn't know how we were going to talk about K-pop because we know how K-pop fans can be. But Ooh. I know that we aren't the only K-pop fans who talk the way that we do. Yes. And that that definitely showed with the numbers of people who was listening to the podcast, which kind of shocked us both that our podcast was doing so well. Um, and I think having that outlet and doing that podcast and seeing that people actually wanted to listen to us talk, which was also odd that people were like, people were listening to us talk like in their houses. Like that was weird. Um, 
like around the world like it's still weird that people still listen to the podcast despite no new episode i'm not like 106 to me is still wild that it even happened no i think it's a testament to you like to both of you like you're such a historian of music so sharing how different artists have influenced like the current music that's out there and how much you care about the artists themselves and like just seeing how their sound changes and Mm -hmm. what you like i think Black Joy is such an amazing thing, along with the musical knowledge you have. And I think that's like what really made it, what continues to make it great for so many people to listen to. Thank you. You know, and the readers on break right now, so I feel like we should come back just to take over their spot. I agree. I'd love that. There's a lot to discuss in K-pop. We need your hot takes. (laughs) Oh, I might piss off some people, but that's (laughs) usual. Uh, With the shiny print... That podcast started because of, I wasn't really happy that we didn't get to go in depth with Shiny on 106. So I made the Shiny pre- as a solo project at first. And I realized I cannot do this for myself. So I made a call to like get guest hosts on that podcast. And I had one friend who already wanted to be on the podcast. So I already know like, they were going to be on the podcast regardless. But I had this one friend, Hazel, who was just like, I don't don't want anyone hearing my country voice. It's like, girl, you're gonna sound fine. You're gonna sound fine. Oh, I love her and her accent, yeah. She's amazing, like, I love Hazel. And everyone else, like, I didn't know Kat at all prior. Kat was a stranger. Kat's like my best friend now. Mm. And Tara loved, like, they're all my best friends. Like, those are my girls for life. And I can't wait to come back to the podcast with them. And the other podcasts that happened, off of those podcasts, happened because of their biases and interests. Right. Especially the NCT podcast. I was like, oh my, no one invited me to this podcast. Like, but they also knew I probably would have dropped out by like episode three because of being overworked. They're waiting for Mark's debut to bring you on. I mean, when that happens, I'll be there. <laughs> And what I love about the shiny print is that it has like a range of K-pop bands from people who have been in the, been with the industry for a long time. Oh God, yes. So baby showers. How do you monitor that? And are there any times where you're like, I thought like we all kind of knew this because you've been in the fandom longer, or is it exciting to like get to introduce things to people who haven't known the group as long? I'm gonna say something, but like they be teaching me on that podcast. Mm. Because I was such a casual observer of Shiny from 2008 to current for like, like all the way up until Odd, I was such a casual fan. Like I, I listened to like the title tracks, and I listened to some of the um, albums, but I was not like that invested like album wise, and like they they were teaching me things I had not heard of or even seen. Especially Mira is the baby wall of the podcast. And Mira knows everything about Shiny. Wow. Now, if we're talking about older Shiny albums, I'll be the one who are like, this album is great, you're wrong. Like, you know, we all should stream Shootout by Shiny. Yeah, like, it's exciting being on that podcast with people who are more knowledgeable than me. Um, especially about the Japanese discography, which I knew nothing about. <laughs> 
When we talked earlier, I remember you mentioning Taman, that you had thought Taman was a Japanese artist. So are you kind of more familiar with Taman's work and not necessarily Shiny's? I'm way more familiar with Taman's Japanese work than I am with Shiny's Japanese work. Okay. I, I knew, like, maybe the, the first Japanese Shiny album, but I thought it was mostly just Japanese versions of some of their, like, hit songs. But there are some originals on there. Like, I own that album. But yeah, like, for a while there, I was very ignorant to some things in, in Shiny. Uh, but not ignorant to things in fandom because we've had to have like some deep discussions about certain topics I love hearing that you were sort of a casual listener to Shiny because whenever I say I'm like a fan of a group and like say that I'm, like, I'm part of the fandom mm-hmm. I often think like oh like have you watched this variety show or have you done this or do you know this member instead of just like the music uh-huh. and maybe that's just because of the way k-pop works but what was your k-pop journey like because it seemed like you were more into the music well okay I knew Taemin and Jonghyun but that was it I thought Jonghyun was the leader of Shiny for the longest um because he was singing the loudest <laughs> so like <laughs> That's why I thought he was the leader. Um, but I got into Shiny because of Taman. I think me and Taman are around the same age. And I was just like, oh my god, who is this boy in the group? Like, he's adorable. And that's how I got into K-pop. Because of Taman in the replay video. Also, it reminded me of the songs of 106 and Park. Yeah. Which is why the name of the podcast 106 and Soul is called 106 and Soul. Because... Mm. The first K-pop thing, the first K-pop video I ever like watched reminded me of One Us Park. And I, I feel like people don't talk about Replay enough. It's such a good song. It's such a good song just for you know a K-pop listener for people who don't listen to K-pop. I'm surprised more people like Lucifer kind of Lucifer and Sherlock kind of seem to be more shiny songs than Replay. Yeah, which is surprising to me. And that's interesting. Like. Now, Lucifer, I remember when that came out. Um, the way I was out here, like, dun, 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 I'm doing, the, I'm doing the hand movements in my room. You can't see it. <laughs> um, but that song had me in a headlock. I think someone even did like an English version on SoundCloud back in the day that I used to listen to all the time. Also, oh, awesome! Like. Those days of just being a K-pop fan were so interesting for me because I had K2M blog and YouTube, very low quality YouTube videos, and like, like and mostly girl groups. So it was like Shiny, 4Minute, um, SNSD, um, Miss A, Brown Eyed Girls. Like it, it, I didn't care about boy groups for the longest. Um, yeah. I knew, I knew way more about girl groups than I did about Shiny at the time. Were you still like looking at like English subs or were you mostly just observing music and saying like, oh, okay, it's the girl group's music that appeals to me more than what the boys are up to? The thing was, I was downloading the girl group music and not mm. downloading the boy group music. Yeah. I think the first Shiny album I downloaded had to be The Misconceptions. Uh, oh, or, or everybody. I think I listened to everybody and then I deleted the um, album off my phone because um, I didn't want to hear the rest of it. Oh, so everybody was that bad? So was that like, was it just too much or was it just like not a good song to you? It was just like at that time, it was, it was not a good song to me. Um, like now I love that song, but then I hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
Like I would like like Miss A in four minute and like all them groups like went up for me. SNSD albums, not so much. But like I was in love with like all the JYP groups. Yeah. Like Wonder Girls alone was like one of my like favorite groups of all time back in the day. Um, there were no Brown Eyed Girls. The Brown Eyed Girls still number one. And um twenty one uh, now I, it took me a while to get into two anyone because as a shiny fan I had to stick by my girls SNSD and um <clears throat> I was a part of that fan war so you know it was it was SNSD or nothing but then I fell in love with this woman named Park Bomb and you know I abandoned SNSD immediately Oh, wow. So you didn't say like, okay, like I'm going to bring 21 in the fold. You were just like, oh, I'm now a blackjack. Yeah, literally. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's just, it did take me a while to get into 21 too. I I came in this K-pop with SNSD and it was, even in 2013, it was like, are you going to be a so-on or a blackjack? I was like, well, I'm a so-on, so. But I think now as I get older, I like relate to like 21's journey, I guess. Mm-hmm. You have to just the way they express themselves and you know the way like kind of the like the musicality just appeals to me more Mm -hmm. it's like my musical chase change so come back home 21 was just fun despite their limited release (laughs) um they're they were a special edition type of group (laughs) just like blackpink um very special edition you catch it when you catch it and then they come out with something. I don't think YG was a shameless then. Oh, definitely not. And there was like, there was this mythos of like, well, like it's worth the wait. And now that like that mystique is gone. It's like, okay, we're going to release it when we feel like it. Yeah. Blackpink's going to have a comeback every two years. And it's going to be either a single or an or a, a, a EP of like four songs. <laughs> I was shocked we got Blackpink the album, which was... We can call it an album, yeah. <laughs> it was an album by YG standards. Oh, goodness. Which is weird, because I own winter albums, so... Um, I'm surprised their boy groups are kind of... I guess Black Kingdom making them so much money that they're just like... They have so many boy groups now that aren't really doing anything, which is unfortunate, but... Rest in peace, Icon. YG is a talent graveyard. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So how do you prevent burnout with all these podcasts you're juggling? Oh. And how easy is it to like step away and take a break? Sometimes you've gotta let someone else do the work. Like, yeah. sometimes you've gotta take a break. Sometimes you have to be like, hey, I'm not gonna record this episode. Like with Shiny Print, there was a few episodes when I just wasn't there. Cause I just couldn't do it. And like everyone let me not record and they excuse me for the podcast with no judgment to let me do my own thing because they realized I was just not, I was there, but I was kind of dead. I was just kind of showing up. Um, So now like we have more of a balance when it comes to doing shiny, um, the shiny prank. So we have someone who edits, well, one of the co-hosts edits, thankfully. She does an amazing job. She gets some edits done so quickly. I just edit like for hours and hours on end. 
And also, it didn't help that I was doing another podcast, editing that podcast. Right. And also editing uh, now the funk podcast we, I forgot the name of. Um, it was it was a Patreon-only podcast. But sometimes you overwork yourself for like these weird goals you have in your head when you should be doing it for the fun of it. Right. And I feel like at a, po- a certain point in time, I started treating what else is like a job, even though I wasn't getting paid from it. Yeah. Which is probably why we didn't record as much. It's probably why we're not recording right now. Mm. And the shiny print was supposed to be just like something for fun. And I remember when I took a break from 106, but was still recording with the shiny print. Then I took a break from the shiny print and was recording with 106. It was just too much. So like, just don't overwork. Don't like, don't put too much on your plate that you can't handle. Yeah, and. Like, Make sure you're not overlapping things too much because I overlapped heavily with 106 and the shiny print. And what would your advice be to anyone that wants to start? You just have to be unique, like you have to be yourself. I know I know it's like such a generic answer, but like I think that's the reason why my podcast my podcast, I don't know how to say that plural like plural <laughs> works. Because we were just being ourselves. And um I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes, um, sometimes when you're not feeling, you have to turn it on. Um, mm. And 106, there be times when I was recording, and my friend be like, oh, "Wake up, wake up! Like you gotta <laughs> turn it on. Like you sound depressed. We know you're depressed, but like, come on, like." Um, and when it comes to like like finding your your space, um, you have to do something that's unique to your podcast you because there's so many k-pop podcasts out here like a lot of black k-pop podcasts started popping up um after 106 but i have nothing to say about that and i'm just happy that you know people are op- people are doing that and um <laughs> i mean it's wise to do we're not recording anything so um um thank you for letting us take up the space that you that you left behind <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> I mean, a lot of them are great. I listen to like almost all of them, to be honest. Because I'll, if I see like a black K-pop podcast pop up, I'm gonna like listen to it immediately just to see like what is like what is giving, and all, like there's not a bad one yet, to be honest. Because black people just do things better. <laughs> no offense to the other podcasts that aren't black, but um, <laughs> I mean, I do love um, ask me about K-pop pod and um like. I don't know what it's called, but they're really good, and they they're 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 weekly. Y'all should check them out. Is this K-pop cast? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um. Also, shout out to our mothers, 106 and 106 and Souls mothers, K-pop critical. Um, I would say the best K-pop podcast ever. Yeah. Um. Next to multifaceted ACG. Of course. Um, I see the people listening to the podcast as also people who are co-hosts on the podcast. Mm. So like they're talking to they're talking at the podcast with you and like make them talk with you. Yeah. And I love that quality of, of 106 where you guys like turn on the video so that we can like watch along. I, I love those. <laughs> oh god, we were messy for that one. Oh, Oh, 106. I hope, hopefully we'll record something soon. I am waiting for you guys to do a Luna Lore podcast. I'm usually not like interested in lore, but like I keep seeing comments about it and I cannot figure out how these tie to the music videos for the life of me. 
we've been talking about doing a Lunar Lord um, episode for the longest. So that's very possible to be happening very soon. Well, maybe very soon, possibly. So yeah, no promises though. <laughs> okay, looking forward to it. That's all I have for today. If you're listening to Black Girl Talks Pop, please follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you're listening. If it's available, please give this podcast a five-star review so more people can find it and leave a review or a comment to let me know how I'm doing. I'd love to know your thoughts so we can chat and I want to know how I can continue to grow and give you a better listening experience. If you're enjoying the podcast and want to support my work, you can donate to the podcast through my PayPal. The link is in my link tree in the description below. If you're watching this podcast on YouTube, give this video a like and subscribe, click the notification bell, and leave a comment there as well. If you're looking forward to future episodes, I try to drop at least one preview leading up to the episode, so go over there to catch a sneak peek or have a different experience of the podcast as you'll be able to see my peer rankings and more. All of my previously paywall content is on my formerly Patreon playlist that's only available on YouTube, so go check it out. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Black Girl Talks Pop. That's B-L-K Girl Talks Pop. So follow me there. Respond to my post if you want to chat. I also use these platforms to announce and post previews of new episodes so you don't want to miss out. If you're a fangirl like I am and have a confession, your own secret obsession about anything I've discussed, or you want to introduce me to a K-pop variety show from 2006 or a Christian artist that made one album in 2009, email me at blackgirltalkspop at gmail.com. Because I decided to be my own enemy of progress, this email address is spelled as B-L-A-C-K girltalkspop at gmail.com. That's B-L-A-C-K girltalkspop at gmail.com. Check this out, all the boys. Want my heart? Before I get too lost in my face, let's close this episode with a prayer. Pray for me, y'all, and know that I'm always praying for you and cheering you on. Please note that this section is purely a reflection of my personal experience as a Christian. This section does not reflect the views of anyone that I choose to have as a guest. If you have a different faith or are uncomfortable for any reason, please feel free to skip to the end of the episode. Don, I am so thankful for Martha's patience and kindness during the recording of this podcast episode. I am so grateful that I was able to learn about their love for pop culture, as well as trivia that I didn't know about one of my favorite artists. You have given Mars a gift of spreading joy and laughter and education to others, and I pray that you will use me and others to show Mars how much they are loved and appreciated. When we are blessed with people who are so smart, witty, and vivacious, sometimes we forget to express our gratitude for their light and check in to make sure they're doing well. Remind us to check in on our friends and give us wisdom on how we can support and encourage them on their journeys. I looked at Mars's new podcast to you. 
I pray that it will continue to be a safe harbor for the queer community who are still fighting for the right to love and be loved. I pray that you will use Mars's platform to help members of the community stay safe and informed as they pursue relationships and give us allies knowledge on how we can support our queer family and friends as they grow into themselves. I pray that you will help us to have important conversations and receive criticism from the community with open minds and kinder hearts. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. That's all I have for today. Remember that you're wonderfully and fearfully made, and I'll let you know when I've got something else to say. I appreciate you, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye!